I see you, I hear you, I am you. Welcome to Soul Sister Elixir with Kari and Leticia and walk this hero's journey with us. Embark on this transformative journey. Good morning. Hello. We're just coming up towards Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. How are you? Good. How are you? Really good. Really good. I usually practice right up until the very end. <clears throat> and this year I did it differently. I finished yesterday. So I have two days before Christmas morning and that feels good. What are you going to do with those two days? Well, today we get to go. Uh, one of our favorite things to do when we lived in Calgary was to go to the Italian market mm -hmm. and get charcuterie for the holidays. We love Sweet. charcuterie. Mm. And uh, the, yes, and good meats <laughs> and yeah, all the yumminess of, you know, sourdough bread and all those things. So we do love charcuterie, but um, uh, we're on a sailboat, so we can't do a whole lot of uh, turkey cooking and those kinds of things. We are going to friends on, on Christmas day, which will be lovely, but um, the charcuterie thing, it kind of feels like the Italian markets are like an experience. And so that's actually part of our Christmas gift to ourselves. We love it. And you guys, can I share your boat thing? Just sure. a snippet. Kari, listen to how brave and ballsy she is. Kari and her family moved from a traditional home and they are now living on the ocean on a boat. Like, my friend is a pirate. <laughs> but like, oh no, I'm what? a witchy pirate. <laughs> <laughs> but that is so amazing, you know, to go after your dream. You know, that's so amazing. I'm so proud of you guys. Yeah, it it does in some ways. I know when I explain it, sometimes I explain it um, with logistics like the cost of living on the West coast of Canada is just, it's out of control. It, it's out of control. And we knew we weren't going to purchase a home when we came here. So we were renting, but our dream of moving out here was to go, I mean, the islands, the inner channel, all the way up the West coast of BC is, is just gorgeous. And all the islands that are here, just like in the States, right? There's the San Juan islands in Canada, they're the Gulf islands. So they're part of the same chain, but mm -hmm. It's gorgeous here, right? The whales and the sea life. And people say oh, the yes. scuba dive here, it's one of the top scuba diving places in the world, even though it's freezing cold water. Um, so we want to go explore. And so, you know, we were a year and a half in and we're like, okay, we didn't come here to live in a townhome. And so the logistics, I say, is that, you know, we couldn't do rent and a boat. <laughs> and my husband said, okay, well, then we'll do a slightly larger boat and move on it. But the truth is our dream was to be mobile and having an adventure. And we also know that travel changed both my husband and I in such profound ways that we want to expose our little guy to that. Mm -hmm. But we also want to give him the experience of being able to do it with some um, self-sufficiency. Mm -hmm. So when you're sailing, um, you're self-sufficient. You don't have to rely on an airplane. You don't have to rely on the roads because the ocean is kind of everyone's in the way. So there's a little piece to this freedom aspect that we wanted him to also experience of go where you want because you choose. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why I have my son's name tattooed on my arm with a boat. No. And when he was a baby, I used to dress him in the brand Nautica because it had the little sailboat. Because my really? biggest wish for him is to be free 
to live his own life with his own rules, his own preferences. I just want my kid to be free and happy. Amazing. Yep. Amazing. I mean, because I'm not a mariner, right? It's my husband who's the right. sailor. But the aspect of traveling when I was, uh, we traveled for, I myself traveled for a year when I was, you know, 27. And the freedom in that, it was so liberating to meet other humans in other cultures and go, wow, we are so connected. And you are so gorgeous. You're showing me amazing things that I never knew. Mm -hmm. So there's that adventure side in me, but I'm certainly not the mariner. So I have a steep learning curve <laughs> coming. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah. Like this morning to do um, a little sponge, I had to heat up water on the stove because we don't have oh. water on our boat. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and create some warm water to do that. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. The comforts are not fully there on our uh, fixer upper boat, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Indeed. But, yes. Cool. Cool. So what are we talking about today, Leticia? Mm -hmm. Today. This morning when I was contemplating about what we would talk today, you know, one of the questions that I asked myself was, okay, why what is the importance in talking about this? You know, for me, I remember when I started my whole journey of, I, I don't know if to call it awakening or I don't know, but my spiritual journey, the thing that hurt the most was all the confusion that I felt, you know, um, not knowing that a lot of the patterns or a lot of the things that I was experiencing that was toxic to me was tied down to patterns, you know, like really deep habits and ways of seeing the world and uh, uh, ways that you relate to other people. I didn't make the connection, you know, and once I made that connection, everything not only made sense, like I, I totally get it. I was able to have have more compassion for myself because then I was like anybody that went through what that experience that I went through would have these issues. It's not that I I'm as a sovereign individual and like totally fucked up beyond repair. Anybody that would have gone through this would you know would have developed that that was so such a relief to me. You know and then just knowing thyself, you know, we, we master, I know people that have PhDs, you know, and, and uh, are knowledgeable at, you know, whatever their hobby is and they're masters at this and masters at that, but they haven't mastered themselves. They don't even know what they feel, you know, uh, they don't know what, to, you know, they, they just don't know themselves. You know, if you ask them, like, are you happy? Sometimes they'll even say, I don't know. You know, because they just don't know themselves. So going back to the question, why does it matter? Because I want other people to feel validated. I want them to know that anybody that went through what they went through would be struggling with these patterns as well. I want people to have hope. 
But most importantly, my biggest wish is for everybody to step into their birthright, which is to be happy, to have peace and happiness. That is our birthright. That is what we should be experiencing the majority of the time. We're not going to deny the human experience. We were engineered to have feelings. Their feel emotions are our compass. We shut down and are ashamed of them. But, you know, when you don't know which which path to take, you know, you, you drive yourself bonkers trying to analyze this and this, you stress yourself out so much trying to make these big life choices when it's so simple. All you have to do is sink into how you feel. Does this, does this path make me feel happy and light and alive? If so, then that's it. If the path makes you feel drained, insecure, anxious, then that is your, your cue that that's not it. You know, but we just complicate everything because we don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just hearing you say that, I know that sometimes people come back with, well, that's very Pollyannish of you, <laughs> right? Like you should, you should just be happy. But I think one misconception that is generally, I think happening in the wider world is that people think of freedom. If humans have too much listen to that, too much freedom, everything will go haywire. But the truth is, if every human feels free, our nature is to be kind, connected, generous, joyful. That's actually our nature. What we're attempting to or the greater world feels like it needs to do is harness the psychology of us, which becomes, just like you said, reactionary. It's developed. So it feels like it needs to be managed. So you and I are kind of leaning back into that space and going, hold up. What if, what if there was a way for you to see that actually feeling good is your path? And start to watch how that impact plays out around you. It's that ripple effect of other people also feeling good. And less and less of people feeling like they need to control or they need to suppress or mm -hmm. all of those things. So, I mean, that's that's what kind of comes up for me too is that we were born free and then we get caged hmm. <laughs> mentally, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so there's this quote that um i read i i love words i am a words and language person <laughs> i'm always if i see a word i'm like ooh, what's the root of that word and i always go looking <laughs> for the yeah etymology and it's 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 this whole like philosopher in me and i know that'll keep coming out as we go but it was a carl jung quote from his um letters volume one and it says who looks outside dreams who looks inside awakes. Mm. And our whole, most cultures are very, it's like you get turned around to look outside of you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the confusion really starts. Is that because we're looking outside of us when we actually always have the knowing within us 
And we are a vessel channeling the intelligence of the universe. That's actually our design. Like, let's get back to that. What we get, it just, it gets very um, mixed up and we start tripping over ourselves and it just feels exhausting. So I think that's what you're speaking to is how do we start to see more clearly that noticing when you feel anxious or upset or contained that you're like, that's not even it. Like you don't have to follow that. You can follow what for you feels good. And what if that is you've been invited to go to a party and you suddenly have a feeling like you're like, I, I don't want to go. I, I actually just need this for me. And that's for you to be able to just say it, not explain it, and just say it. And then from there, see what happens. But what we try to do is explain it away. And then we feel bad. We go into guilt. Like those are the loops, right? So you're saying like, we need to show ways out of those. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because then you have to deal with the heartbreak of waking up and looking around and having all those things that you're supposed to have, the big house, the beautiful wife, the nice car, the amazing husband, the the Prada purses, and you're so unhappy. That's such a heartbreak, Mm. you know? But it's because you didn't follow your true calling, which you really wanted. You know, we, we work, we, kill ourselves working to have what we have because that's what we're supposed to do that's what we're taught success is you know and that's what we were taught that we would find our happiness but we'll never find our happiness in those things Hmm. I know I when I one of the times because you have many insights along the path (laughs) one of one of the insights I got was like there will never be enough degrees and knowing to get the acknowledgement I think I need. Mm -hmm. It will never happen. And it was deflating when I saw it. Trust me, (laughs) I've worked very hard. But I thought there is no amount of circus tricks I can do to get the acknowledgement outside of me. Mm -hmm. When really, I've always been enough. But it's it's trippy. It is trippy. Oh, Lord, it is. It is. Oh, Yeah. So I think this inside journey, people will say, well, it's not comfortable. It's not easy. And yes, that, that is true. Mm -hmm. However, the thought of your light going out and just dimming day by day and feeling exhausted and tired and dissatisfied, it's this one precious life we have, like we just need to stop wasting time. We just need to stop wasting it. So Yeah, it's time. It's it's time. Did you want to talk about some of the things of how how these patterns kind of show up for us? Yes. So I'm not a psychologist or a doctor or anything like that. You know, I'm just an expert. It's okay, on my own I'm a doctor, but I'm not a real doctor. <laughs> Trust me, people have said it oh, to me. <laughs> In fact, I have a funny story on that. So my friend is a PhD. Um, I am a chiropractor. So we're both doctor. And we would joke, if someone has a heart attack, please call doctor. You don't want us. 
So Leticia, you can even be a doctor and still not be able to save. Okay. Others, there we go. So go girl. <laughs> so I wrote down the other day, like, how can, how does this manifest as an, as an, in your adult life? Like, how can you recognize that maybe you are struggling with uh, childhood trauma, you know, and patterns or toxic family dynamics? Because, you know, we don't really use our childhood to evaluate our current circumstances, you know, so sometimes people don't know to make that connection. And so some of the things that you will feel and experience are as an adult is lack of love and respect for your body, shrinking yourself to feel accepted and loved. You are, most certainly will have mental health issues or stress or anxiety. Um, some people will even resort to coping with addictions just to numb, just to numb the pain, uh, not speaking up and being authentic to keep the peace, you know, uh, being afraid of stirring the pot, having no awareness of boundaries, uh, minimizing your own pain and experience, like dismissing what's happening to you, pressure to make sure everyone is happy, becoming the caretaker, you may feel like you are too intense or too much. You will probably have a very high tolerance and be an enabler of other people's poor behavior. And you will most certainly self-sabotage. You can be your own worst enemy. I think we can all relate to pieces of those. Yeah. If not all. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a um, a sticky web, right? When you realize that you're playing out things that would have made you feel safe as a child, that then become, you know, more destructive mm -hmm. um, in adulthood, and is part of the reason, certainly in practice and in for my own experience. Of course, there's physiology, but the added stressors of what you just spoke about will send your health careening off the edge of a cliff, and then you're hoping that medicine can pull it back on track, but that can only go so far because it, it is symptom management at best on the medical side, um, and you're just pointing to the fact that if we look and have some insight and look inside, we can recognize things that would be more beneficial than attempting to outrun, right? Things that maybe have gone unconscious for us, but those are the patterns and how they'll show up. Mm -hmm. mm. Mm. I get very sad in seeing how many antidepressants are being given out these days. And I know they are life-saving, so don't hear me in saying that medicine is bad. That is not true. Medications. Mm -hmm. It's just that it's not addressing root cause. You don't have a chemistry imbalance inherently. It has shown up as an adaptive physiology 
and it can be life-saving, but it shows to the greater nature of what's happening to us as humans being stressed out that we need this chemical support, right? So Mm -hmm. you and I would love to explore to see, is the root different? Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. I think also what you were speaking to is um, you and I were talking before we started the podcast and (laughs) I, um, I feel like my, uh, you know, little comfy blankets are books. (laughs) I read, I know, I love research so of mine. I know, I know. <laughs> um, but one thing, and, I, and I've been doing this for a number of years, is that suddenly someone will say something and I think of a book and I'll go to the page that's the exact page. It actually, it's, it's over and over it happens. And so that's kind of intuitively how I, how I read things. But this one is from um, Deepak Chopra and it was his book, How to Know God, The Soul's Journey into the Mystery of Mysteries. And the neuroscience nerd in me loves the kind of the crossover between science and the mysterious quantum and spirituality, right? Because that all kind of blends. And I think it's at that place where it all converges that it's it's the most curious and the most interesting to me. <laughs> um, but in his in his book, he was talking about the seven levels of fulfillment. And again, all of these are just frameworks and structures. But I think mm-hmm. I'd love the listener right now just to not analyze what you're hearing right now. I'm going to give you the list. But just feel feel it and see what you notice about what I'm saying. Not what I'm saying, but what your soul or body or heart feels about what I'm saying. And those would be interesting comments to get on our email of what did you notice when I speak these words? Because again, it's just a framework. He's just a human like the rest of us, but he's also channeling things, deep wisdom from the universe. And so I'd love people to listen. But what you were speaking to was the first couple levels of how we kind of stay in those levels. And you and I are like, but what if? Right, we can <laughs> go up the levels, and again, it's just a framework, but it is this vision, right? Um, so, so I'll read them out, and and even you, like, see what you hear. Like, I'd love okay. to hear what you what you hear. Okay, so level one, and in parentheses, is a fight or flight response. Right, this is our nervous system's response to outer stimuli. So, level one, you fulfill your life through family, community a sense of belonging, and material comforts. Level two is a reactive response. You fulfill your life through success, power, influence, status, and other ego satisfactions. Level three, restful awareness response. You fulfill your life through peace, centeredness, self-acceptance, and inner silence. Level four, an intuitive response. You fulfill your life through insight, empathy, tolerance, and forgiveness. Level five, creative response. You fulfill your life through inspiration, expanded creativity in art or science, and unlimited discovery. That one's juicy to me, by the way. 
Level six, visionary response. You fulfill your life through reverence, compassion, devoted service, and universal love. Agape comes up again. <laughs> Level seven, sacred response. You fulfill your life through wholeness and unity with the divine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Uh, when you read level one and two, just I feel so grateful because I know what it's like to linger in that, in that, you know, mm -hmm. to just sit there and marinate in it. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> I see the bags under my eyes as as uh, evidence <laughs> of such. <laughs> but, you know, if you can experience the blackest of black, it only means that you're able to experience the whitest of white. Mm. You know, so reading those levels, oh, it's like giving my heart a big warm hug because, mm. you know, just in the way that we can be at level one, we can, it's in our power to go to whatever level we want to experience. Yeah. We, we are designed for this. And I think people forget, like they feel like they can't take it. I can't cope. But we were actually designed for this. But the difficulty is seeing the contrast, right? I mean, that's the only way we experience is in the contrast. So there's really difficult things that are happening in the world right now or that have happened to humans. But to know that there is a divine nature in us, like we came from the quantum level, two half cells became an entire human being that can generate a mind that is greater than the body itself. And we can have an awareness that we are alive. Like if we are not present to that miracle in our day-to-day, -day, life can look really hard. We forget how precious we are. Oh, Do you yeah. know all the things that had to happen, all the stars that had to align, all the people that had to meet and fall in love and have a family and raise their kids and all, the, all those things that have, had to happen for you to be here in this moment. Mm -hmm. And we forget. And we're human, right? So, and we're human, right? Like, and so the experiences are going to be what you discussed in the beginning, like what we're attempting to manage, right? Because mm -hmm. it does feel difficult. Mm -hmm. And, um, but knowing that we already have the innate capacity and resilience, if we can just lean back into the hammock of the world that already has us. There's something. There's something there. Sorry for that little pop in. But also, one of the things I think you and I talked about that's been so interesting is that um, maturity doesn't equate to age. Can you repeat that one more time? <laughs> Maturity does not equate to age. And I'm not coming across as someone who has consistent high maturity. I can be as low as they come. 
But I think an even bigger thing is that emotional maturity can get very stunted. And we're not always at our highest emotional maturity, but it definitely doesn't align with age. I know at a very young age, I felt older than my mother and often felt I was parenting my mother in the ways of trying to accommodate for her emotions. Because I do have empathy and because I know she went through difficult things, but realizing now <laughs> that's not been healthy um, because she's the parent and she has agency over herself as well. And I'm just the child. Like right. I wouldn't expect my son to compensate for my emotional immaturity. It's just mm -hmm. not his job. So it's much easier to see once you have children mm -hmm. that you would never put that onus. But that is something that starts to happen, right? Is that you can start to feel that the roles are reversed and therefore our emotional maturity can get very stunted. And then we're hanging out in relationship to people in that emotional immaturity. And it's very, it, those patterns that you talked about earlier will show up. We can have it with coworkers later in life. We can have it with family members for sure, but we can also do it in friendships and in our intimate relationships. So age is not the factor in maturing. Ari, do you know uh, that people that struggle with uh, emotional maturity know that they are emotionally immature? I didn't. I didn't know until I, I discovered that it was a thing in me and wanted to change it. Mm. But before that, I didn't, I didn't know. I thought it was mm -hmm. just... I don't know. I thought it was just the way I was. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I wonder, is that what most people experience that they don't even know? You know, going back to what I said earlier, you know, when you don't know yourself. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how many people out there don't even know, you know, that they're they're repeating a pattern that's sabotaging all their relationships and their entire life that can be changed. They're not doomed to that. You know, it's not inherently who they are. Yeah. And, and likewise from who we learned it from, right? It's not inherently who they are, which mm -hmm. is why I have immense compassion and empathy mm -hmm. for what every human has been through. But it's also not my responsibility to shift it in others. The only and, job is mine on myself. It's not even for my son. I can only I can only attempt to lead as best I can. And I have my moments for sure as a mom that have not been stellar. <clears throat> but what I do attempt to do is come back and explain to him what happened. Mommy is so tired. Oh my gosh, I'm so done. And I'm so sorry that you think it's because you misbehaved. It's not. Mommy's just tired. <laughs> She has spent, I need to go to bed. <laughs> yes. You know, so there's that. So I think seeing it from a parenting point of view, because my husband and I often joke years later in counseling, Jake <laughs> will be like, well, my mom and I know, <laughs> right? I know, I know I will have said the thing that turned him into compensating 
how <laughs> others feel. And I hope to be mature enough at the time when he brings it to me for me to go, yeah, that's actually what was happening and I'm so sorry. That's a different response than being defensive of he's blaming me. He's not blaming mm -hmm. me and I'm not blaming others. But if we don't see that what is possible for us, can we can step outside what we've learned. And there's probably lots of people who are in the confusion. Leticia, I have sat in confusion for so long going, why does this keep happening? I think I'm a really smart person. Like, why mm -hmm. is this happening? Mm -hmm. So if that's a listener, I will tell you that you will not figure it out by trying to go in and change the thing. What it will be is looking inside to go, oh, because I've always known and I just need to go this direction. And how other people are going to be is how other people are going to be. Right. But you do have to be prepared that it's going to be uh, uncomfortable for others when you shift. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know if that answered the question. <laughs> what, what was the question? I don't know. <laughs> Moving on to the next part. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So I think you and I talk about. <clears throat> Uh, generational stories, inherited yes. family traumas. How do we start to break those cycles and have immense compassion that they've been going on a long time? And that your parents and, were doing the best they can with what they had and what they knew. Totally. Just as you and I are. Mm -hmm. Right? Same. Mm -hmm. So, but... <clears throat> in saying that, if you know that there's generational components, I think that's the things you and I want to explore is how do we start to see what what those are and then what are the steps to kind of step more fully into who you are, what you love, um, what makes you feel good. Like those things, that can be really scary on your own. If you don't have a community or a friend to be I, I say kind of bouncing it off. I have a couple of you who are like my my lamppost that I use to go, oh my goodness, this is happening for me and I'm stepping here and you're either cheering me or going, it's okay, grace for self. And so I guess that's another reason why we're doing this is that we hope that a community starts to build and that as we gain those new muscles to really step into our true self that it doesn't feel lonely or it doesn't feel exasperating or scary right because we have felt that way so oh. we don't want anybody else to feel that way we or as humans oh, wait they'll feel that way and knowing there's others on the journey like yes. i think you're gonna feel it there's no way you're yes. not gonna feel scared leticia yeah there's no way yeah <laughs> i'm i don't even want to lie i'm sorry you know, it's, it's fucking just, terrifying yeah it's awful it's it's terrible, awful. <laughs> Can I explain how it feels right before I have a breakthrough? I always have this visual. I start to lose my breath. I can't breathe. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm pressed up against this pane of glass. Uh -huh. Like it is just suffocating. <laughs> and then suddenly the pane of glass breaks. Uh-huh. And it's like I get this massive breath of air. And I go, Oh my God. Oh, that's so good. I've, wait, 
that was, I feel light. I, this is easy. So it's really all the mental gymnastics I was doing before it. That's the exhaustive, scary spit bit. And then stepping into it is actually easy, but it's this, it's the, it's as you lift your foot to step feels like you're going to go off a cliff. Yes. Right. So there's no way you're not going to experience. I don't know how everyone else's experience is. Do you have one when you feel like you're at that? Yes. Edge? For me, I get this agonizing, painful pressure in my chest. It's It hurts so terrible. It's really hard to function, you know, and breathe. And the worst part, I think for me is my mind, the things that my mind can come up with and the different stories and the angles it can take. It's there's so much going on in there. I really work myself up. And then when I push through it and, you know, I usually, I usually just let myself sit in it, you know, whatever, if I want to cry, I cry. If I want to be angry, I'm angry. Whilst also looking at it to see, okay, what do I have to learn from this? You know, but what happens to me once I'm on the other side is I usually start laughing at myself. Like, <laughs> It is true. <laughs> you know, like, oh, my yeah. gosh. Jeez, what? Like, you know, I just it laugh is. at myself. <laughs> I know. I think it's the ultimate cosmic joke. Right? Really? Like that we actually, the funnier it gets in these breakthroughs, you know, the more awake you're getting because it is <laughs> comical. Yes. Of the gymnastics we are doing to try and tolerate what we were tolerating. And then yeah. suddenly... You're just like, oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and I don't want to minimize how, like, no. you know, it, I don't want to minimize that it's difficult and that it's painful oh. and, it, you know, I, just explaining my process and the, you know, at the point where I'm at in my life. And it is, it is going to be hard. Change always is. It requires so many muscles that a lot of times we haven't even, even touched, you know, discipline, self-love you know, uh, patience, all, all those things. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, whatever react, it's a domino effect, like you said in the last episode, you know, because when you start changing internally or they're on the inside, then everything outside starts changing too. Mm -hmm. And that's difficult also. So yeah. it's not easy, but is, is living an unhappy life any easier? Mm -hmm. Is always being stressed out and be a nervous wreck easier? Mm. Um, you know, that's everybody has to make that decision for themselves. Mm. As much as I want everybody to be happy and have an amazing life, you know, it's not for me to tell who should do it and who should not and who should work towards it and who should not. It's such, it's such a personal journey. Mm. But we don't have to, we can hold each other's hands as we make it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And if, and if you feel like you're slipping, you know, a hand comes out to get you mm -hmm. because there are those slippery, scary moments. And yet having the sisterhood around you is, mm -hmm. it's the ultimate because you are seeing it differently. I just, I think it is so precious to have that. Mm -hmm. I think so too. Anything else you want to share? So if there's a listener out there and they've recognized, oh, 
maybe I need to look into that or maybe that's what's happening to me. Where do we point the finger at to them? What should, what, like, where, where can they start? What's their first step? For me, I think I would, I would say is to start practicing, accepting that things are the way they are. Mm. Yeah, fighting life doesn't mm -mm. change it. Mm -mm. It gives you more stress. Mm -hmm. It just is. Mm -hmm. Well, and when you see life as it is, not how you want it to be, I think it would be, what do you notice about that? There actually is relief in seeing it is as it is. Mm -hmm. But I'd love to hear from people. I would too. Yeah. So they can email us, right? Yes. Yeah. Soul sister elixir at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. And elixir is spelled E. <laughs> L I X I R <laughs> I am like totally a hundred percent an aloof Aquarius, like all the way. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. I, I love drive it. Capricorns crazy, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. And I think that's beautiful, right? If we start to kind of just go, you know, what what are the things that settle you down so that you can see more clearly mm -hmm. and really just start to kind of step on the path of what feels good for me. And you know, the thing is once you even start having that desire, mm. you know, it's like the world just opens up to you. You'll hear someone say something. You'll, you'll hear about a book. Uh, you'll see a movie, a song. Like, you just have to start by having that desire to, to want to be happy. Mm. Well, in our Star Wars episode last night, <laughs> it always comes back to Star Wars. The TV anyway, um, our Christmas thing is we watch all nine episodes right actually we do a 10 because we add in uh, rogue one in there but on um, the first one um kaigon jin says he's one of the master jedi he says your focus is your reality mm -hmm. i mean star wars was so wise mm -hmm. right about what the force is um but anyway your focus is your reality how cool so you want to be happy mm. what does that start mm -hmm. to look like then Thank you, Leticia. Thank you, Kari. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And I love ho, you. Ho, ho, ho. I love you, too. <laughs> Bye. Bye.